Hey Medford Bytes listeners, I have some exciting news to announce. Medford Bytes stickers are available. Be sure to stop by 4 Good Vibes in Medford to pick up a free sticker and check out all the amazing merchandise and books at the store. Today's episode includes an interview with City Councilor Kit Collins. Information about the work that Kit is doing on City Council and how to get in touch with her can be found in the show notes. Hope you enjoy the interview. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, if you don't mind just introducing yourself with your name and pronouns and uh, who you are. Sure. Thank you. Uh, my name is Kit Collins. I use she, her, and uh, I'm a Medford City Councilor. Great. Awesome. Um, and one of our newest, newly elected, right? Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, great. So first, like the question that I try to ask everybody um, is a question about your favorite place to eat in Medford and what you like to eat there. Absolutely. Um, I have my answer ready to go. I am lucky to live just a few blocks away from Colette Bakery in South Medford. And uh, as anybody who's been there knows, it's the best. (laughs) Um, And me and my partner love to go there sometimes on the weekends and just get a bunch of croissants. So I highly recommend. Yeah, I have waited in line out of, outside of there a few times for, the, for their big <laughs> sure. yeah, Delicious. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, since we didn't get to talk before the election, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, kind of what led you to run, um, you know, kind of what led up to that decision. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. I, um, you know, I, I think of my trajectory that culminated in me running for office started uh in 2020 when I joined Our Revolution Medford, which if folks don't already know is just a group of community members organizing for um, for justice goals in Medford, um, you know, fighting for, you know, uh, reforms and policies that will make this a more livable city for all. I just joined that as a member. I was looking for um, a local political group to organize with, you know, in the wake of the pandemic and, you know, all of all of the turmoil that was, you know, not at all new, but in some ways, you know, surfacing for a lot of people during 2020, mm-hmm. I was looking for, um, you know, a way to get involved very, very locally, something that I could really kind of put my hands on. I mm-hmm. um, was happy to find our revolution Medford and for a lot of that year, I started getting involved in different campaigns. For example, the, uh, you know, the, the Know Your Rights Coalition that our revolution Medford organized with the mutual aid uh, Medford and Somerville group, um, you know, around all of the uh, increased, exacerbated housing instability that was happening because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it was it was it was so great and interesting and meaningful to get to focus in on, uh, you know, these issues that we can pay attention to on a national scale and focus in on how they are manifesting right here in my community on the streets that I live on, uh, streets that I drive on, um, and. You know, I think there's so many of these, <laughs> what what culminated in my decision to run was, you know, getting an increased sense of, you know, these issues aren't just urgent on a national scale, they're also urgent on a local scale. And I really came to feel very committed to um, trying to do what I could to shore up the efforts already occurring that have been occurring in our community for a long time around a lot of these issues, mm-hmm. um, you know, supporting the work of groups like Our Revolution Medford and Medford People Power and the Mutual Aid Society and, you know, existing folks in office pushing for 
uh, policies that will just help support everybody who lives here. Um, and so, you know, we're getting towards the end of, you know, beginning of 2021. And I thought to myself, hmm, you know, I work for myself. I have a flexible schedule. I don't have kids to take care of. You know, running for office is a really big lift. But, <laughs> you know, I have, uh, you know, a more flexible schedule than a lot of people. And so maybe this is something that I could step up and do. And mm. I like to tell people, you know, I, I called around to existing elected officials to uh, essentially looking for somebody to say, no, kid, don't do it. <laughs> Nobody said that. So here I am. <laughs> yeah. And you, you mentioned that there were some issues that you um, were interested, interested in, like what specifically were you looking to have an impact on? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, uh, it always, as soon as I learned that there's no renters on city council and, you know, more to the point that traditionally there aren't, mm -hmm. um, that really stuck out to me. Uh, I, I rent my apartment in Medford. I've always been a renter in Medford for as long as I've lived here. Um, there are tons of renters in Medford. And, you know, I think that uh, I, I would really emphasize that I think the housing crisis affects everybody, whether you rent or you own your home. Um, but people who rent their home have to be uh, a proportional part of that conversation. So elevating, um, you know, housing stability uh, in our local conversation was really important to me. Mm -hmm. And also being really dogged about pursuing ways to do what we can to address housing scarcity and extremely expensive housing in our own community using the tools that we have um, mm -hmm. instead of you know, treating it as anything less than an urgent crisis. Um, you know, there are <laughs> a list of you know, issues that I think we need to take bold action on would go on pretty long. But you know, another thing that uh, rises to the top of my mind is um, you know, the climate crisis, and again, doing everything that we can at the local level, you know, saying we can't afford to defer any longer, you know, we have to be bullish, and we have to, you know, evaluate the goals that we've set, and say, that's great, exactly how are we going to do this, how are we going to do this in a way that uplifts the people that lives here, that doesn't leave anybody out, but also doesn't leave out the future generations of Medford, because mm. uh, that's coming down the pike really fast, as everybody is already you know, materially experiencing. Yeah, there's a lot of conversations around, I think around the election and, and before about sort of some credibility of city officials being based on like, how long have you been here? Sort of what's your permanence in the city? And it's, I, I can appreciate there's a, a large population of people in Medford that are renters that aren't, haven't been here, you know, for their whole lives, haven't been here for generations. And so it feels valuable to have you and some other members like on the uh, city council that, that, um, don't own homes here, maybe haven't been here for generations. Uh, it feels like a valuable perspective. No, thank you. Yeah. So having- and I think you make- Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, I think you make the important point, which is, you know, there's lots of people who live in Medford who, uh, you know, haven't, haven't happened to be here, you know, for, haven't happened to have families who've been here for many generations, but that doesn't make them any less part of this community. And I think that's, you know, I, I, I like to see that hear that and see that emphasized you know we all we all care we're all here you know and everybody wants to chip in yeah of course that's definitely a sense that I've gotten from meeting with city officials and just general you know um, residents and the work that they're doing like there is a lot of interest in like creating a you know a, a nice place to live or maintaining this nice place to live for everybody um, so that was like sort of what led you to run. What was the election like for you? What did you, what did you kind of take away from that experience? Oh, wow. 
uh, so much. <laughs> um, well, of course it was, I think everybody, I, I imagine that everybody has a like pretty accurate assumption about what running for office is like in that it's a lot of work. Um, and that assumption is accurate. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, it was a really meaningful project. I'm, I'm so glad I did it. Um, it, you know, it for so many reasons, you know, I, I was lucky to, you know, have the opportunity to uh, be endorsed by our revolution Medford and be a part of, you know, that group of candidates that uh, chose to apply for endorsement by our revolution Medford, get endorsed. Um, and it was just a wonderful way to build community by, you know, kind of running alongside candidates and so many volunteers who were all in it for the same reasons. And just that was incredibly energizing, as draining as um, the campaign was, you know, it's a lot of putting yourself out there. It's a lot of behind the scenes, administrative work, fundraising, messaging, and it's just a ton of time, you know, walking the sidewalks, you know, knocking on strangers' doors and trying to talk to them. As draining as all that is, it's also extremely exciting. It's exciting to get to talk to people about issues in their community and know that like, you know, maybe this isn't a conversation that would have happened otherwise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, apart from the outcome of the election itself, I just think that is a really healthy thing for, that's a really healthy conversation to have in any context. Mm. Um, you know, just like more opportunities for people to come together around local issues and talk about why it matters, what there is to be done, and who knows how people will take that forward into the future, even, you know, beyond the time to go to the ballot box. Um, so I guess my theme there is <laughs> running for office was, a ton of work and you know as it was coming to a close one thing I was really reflecting on was uh, a few years ago I ran uh, a marathon in New York City and the parallels between running an actual marathon and running for office are like <laughs> they're like almost comically like obvious to me <laughs> just like log about halfway through you're like I'm tired I want to stop now um, but it's it's very rewarding. Mm. Did you have to change the way you ate and drank for the election the same in the way that you might for a marathon? <laughs> Carbo-loaded. Not yeah. quite as much, but you know, yeah. all that walking around. Yeah. <laughs> snap, like snap early and often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, I think there was a lot of events around the city, like leading up, just like community events that a lot of the candidates were present for. And I was just like amazed at just how much time, like, it seemed like some of you were like in two places at once, or I'd be like one event, so you'd, you'd be there. And then the next one, you'd be at the same one. So I wonder kind of like how you like balance that or how you think about like that balance of um, kind of self-care and, and. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I think when I look back on it, I think that that aspect was the most challenging for me. The, um, the having to make an appearance in a lot of community events. And I don't mean that in that I was like unhappy to be there at all. Um, Cause we have some great events, you know, the, the Mystic River Festival sticks out especially is a really, really fun one. Um, so many, you know, you, by the time I got to these events I was always like happy to be there. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think this also kind of ties into um, something you brought up before we started recording, which is sort of like, you know, the human experience behind the candidate experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I, this is maybe like a myopic point, but uh, when it comes to sort of like, I don't know, like social interactions, I'm really a one-on-one -on -one person. I like one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one conversations. 
mingling is not my forte. Mm -hmm. So having to, you know, say it's like a, a given Saturday, I'm like, okay, I hope I can canvas for four hours today. But there's also two events that I really feel like I should show up to because I really want to support the organizers. I want to be there. I want to see who else is there. I want to say hi to people. Um, that's, you know, the uh, the driver, the walk to those events is typically when I would have my my lowest moments of, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, I just don't know if I can do it. Um, and it frequently got very emotional, you know, the mm -hmm. social exhaustion. I think that's um, <laughs> that that was a really a really real part of it. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of like a, a really extended job interview where you're sort of marketing yourself over and over again. And, and I, I think that's like another thing to think about in terms of like the makeup of a city council, right? Is like, maybe there's, maybe it's important to have some folks that aren't super extroverted, right? That there's like, there, there's definitely a benefit to those types of personalities, those types of like thinking and learning styles that are, you know, important. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think Another thing that I was left with from going through the experience of campaigning is just, I think, uh, you know, it really throws into very sharp focus all of the things that are very um, exclusive about, that's baked into the process of campaigning. It isn't exclusive to Medford or any municipality or state at all, but are just kind of par for the course of how like political campaigning is done in this country, I think. And to your point, you know, you kind of, you have to be an extrovert or you have to be able to play one on TV, mm. which I think is a, a little bit of what I've learned to do over many years, not just during the campaign. Mm. Um, you need to be able to summon that kind of social energy. Um, you, you know, and then beyond the personality aspects, you know, there's, <laughs> I feel like there, there's, there's many hours of conversation to be had about, um, you know, the many systemic reasons why it's hard to be a political candidate if you are not wealth privileged, if mm -hmm. you don't have a certain type of job, if you don't have, you know, a certain level of social support within your personal network. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was lucky to have people who said, go for it in my personal life, who could help pick up the slack, mm -hmm. um, you know, when I needed to be out campaigning. I was running a pop-up shop for my art business during the summer. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'll be honest, my, my parents came out and helped me staff that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's something that, that's a privilege that I had. I had family who would help me, you know, do, you know, do my job when I had to be off campaigning. I had a partner who was supportive. I had people in my family and friends network who could donate money. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, that's not, you know, something that's unique to me. But the fact that those are all kind of accumulate into this kind of like requirement for how to things that you need to be a successful candidate time and money and time to recharge mm -hmm. uh you know i think that plays into why it's really really hard for people from marginalized backgrounds to be candidates for political office and i just think you know i i'm, I'm trying to stay focused on that post-election because uh that that's a huge problem that needs to be fixed systemically yeah. And you, you mentioned too the sort of endorsement of um, our revolution. And is that something that uh, it's making me think when you're talking kind of about this like social capital and the sort of ways that the the privileges that I think help uh, support some of these campaigns. Is it something that you apply for or they reach out to you or is it like what does that process look like? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked about that. Um, our revolution Medford reached out to every 
uh, candidate for office in Medford and invited them to apply. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, and then candidates had the choice to apply or not. Okay. And then does yeah. it, does it involve like what, what happens next? Like, is there like an investment or is there like, what's the, what's the, yeah. So the first step after applying for endorsement uh, is an interview with just like a small group of core our revolution medford members and you know by members i just mean people who are involved mm -hmm. in the group um i'll call it orm for short it's just people orm members are just people who are involved in the group mm -hmm. so i started with um just a one-on-one -on -one zoom interview with a few orm members um there was a you know standardized list of questions that these interview committees were giving to every candidate who applied. So even though I was already an ORM member, I went through the exact same process as everybody mm -hmm. else. After going through the interview, um, me and all of the other candidates who applied for that round, so there were two rounds of endorsement, one that, gosh, I think was like maybe in May. And then the other, I think was August or September, but I kind of forget right now. <laughs> um, after the interview, all of the round one candidates uh, participated in a candidates forum. Mm -hmm. Um, so we all got on the same Zoom call with, you know, all of the ORN members who wanted to watch and participate. And we were all asked the same questions um, and we answered them in real time for the ORM members. And a week or two after that, a questionnaire went out to all of the ORM members just saying, okay, time to vote. Vote on who you want to endorse. Um, and, you know, I think cause, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm talking out of school to say that all of the people who applied for endorsement received endorsement. And I think that is because the people who, so I, like I said, everybody, everybody who ran for office was invited to apply. I think it's self-selecting, mm -hmm. you know, the people who had already signed on to the Medford People's Platform were like, sure, why wouldn't I, mm -hmm. um, you know, apply for endorsement. Um, so it's a self-selecting group of people, you know, who would, yeah. who would apply for endorsement. Yeah. Yeah. And we, there was a, there was some sort of like papers going around right before the election that sort of like, I think like uh, kind of sp split the candidates in half almost, or like, these are the mm -hmm. ones that we support. These are the ones that we don't. And some of that I think was real and some of it wasn't, but um, yeah, it became, I think, those it, like, were, oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt no. you. I was just going to say, yeah, those were, those were not affiliated with ORM. Yeah. It was like some really kind of bizarre local propaganda. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it got a little, uh, it got interesting there towards the end. And then, and I think afterwards, like a reflection on, um, so I think some folks choosing to vote, like sort of down ballot for people that um, ORM endorsed. And, and then there being other like candidates that uh, would have brought other different perspectives to the council that, um, that I think people speculated weren't elected because they, they hadn't joined on with ORM. And I don't know if like, I don't know, it gave me something to think about. And I think there's been some conversations around that, but I don't know if you have any thoughts about that either. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think that there's kind of a lot to consider and analyze for the, you know, like the election postmortem um, for who got on and who didn't, you know, I'll say I won't like get specific, but I'll say that like the outcome in some ways was like really surprising to me. People I mm. thought were like absolutely gonna get on Mm -hmm. did not you know it didn't necessarily like go the way that I assumed it would because you know I'm, I'm not an elections analyst I'm just <laughs> <laughs> a first time you know candidate no elected official mm -hmm. but I think I, I think that there is a, a lot to digest about the election 
Um, and I think the fact that ORM is the most organized group in the city that also does elections in a highly organized strategic way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think having a list of people to vote for is really powerful, but I also mm-hmm. really want to emphasize that ORM has like a very sophisticated um, campaign structure for an all volunteer group. And like, again, like ORM is not a nonprofit, doesn't get any national funding. Like this is just a really committed group of people mm. who live here. And, um, you know, uh, folks who are interested, you know, next time election season rolls around, you know, you should come out to a canvas for whoever's running for office that time. Mm. Uh, because to me, it's really a marvel. You know, we had volunteers going out every single weekend who were knocking on doors in support of every single Our Revolution Medford candidate. Mm. Um, and we did that all summer long. And I think it shouldn't be, dis- it shouldn't be uh, underestimated the power of just that level of organizing, mm. um, a really professional level of organizing for a group that is not professional <laughs> mm. um, or not, is, not, is not a formal group is what mm-hmm. I mean. Um, so that's, that's not, you know, hundred percent of it, but I think that is really a lot of it is just the, the strategy and organizing mm. behind it. And yeah. And from a place of saying, we want to be able to make progress, you know, yeah. we want to win so we can make progress. For sure. And, and I think there were some like direct criticisms about race and like the racial makeup of ORM, which I, I don't actually know to, like what the facts are, but just sort of what I've heard. And, and also the the racial makeup of the candidates being mostly white that signed on to ORM. And mm-hmm. I wonder like, and it's so, like, I think there was these questions about like, what does it mean when the one black candidate that's running for office that seems like aligned politically um, is not choosing to uh, to work with ORM? Like, I guess like, I don't know if mm-hmm. you have any thoughts about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I know that that's been talked about a lot since the election, I have been, I've, I've given it a lot of thought, you know, mm. I don't want to, um, I, I, I think what I would want to say is that I think this is something that ORM is taking, is taking very seriously. I know that <laughs> the group is taking it very seriously because I know there are a lot of individuals within OR um, who have given this a ton of thought and, mm you know, say, you know, it, it, it does matter to us, you know, it, it says something about our organization, if it is a diverse and representative group of mm. people, and, you know, continuing to evaluate, is this a space where all people feel comfortable? Mm. Um, I, I don't want to speak for anybody else's decision to join or not join. There are a lot of factors involved with that. Some mm. people just want to be independent candidates, even if they politically align. Sure. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't want to, um, you know, say anything would be construed as commenting on anybody's decision. Um, but I, I, I guess I do just want to say that, like, this is, <laughs> I don't think this is a thing that, you know, either me personally or ORM is brushing under the rug mm. at all. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's <laughs> a satisfying yeah. answer. I don't know if that's a satisfying answer to me right now, <laughs> but I, uh, it wasn't something I was thinking about this morning and preparing. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of speaking off the top of my head. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess, I guess just to, to bring it back to full circle, the, the thing I would say is I think the way that um, 
and again, I'm, I'm not a spokesperson for OR, I'm just an individual member, um, but my impression from talking with the group is that this is uh, you know, the, the overall theme of how do we endorse a diverse uh, slate of candidates? How do we make sure that we are supporting all types of candidates and supporting mm -hmm. candidates that, you know, are that more or less close to the picture of a traditional candidate? Mm -hmm. How do we get better at that is a conversation that's already started. Um, and that's something that, you know, I really hope to keep talking about. And, you know, just for me personally, I'd love to hear from people about. Yeah, no, and it, it feels like an important parallel process for like the work that city council does, right? It's like how, you know, how, how are we like, um, seeking out diverse candidates, but then also how are we like representing our the diversity of Medford in, in the work that you all are doing as counselors as well. But I appreciate yeah. the response. I know it's not an easy question to answer, um, but no, yeah. no, I'm, I'm glad you asked, you know, this is the stuff that we need to be thinking about, sure, sure. you know, before election season runs around. Yeah, definitely. Um, so thank you for answering that. I'll, I'll try to move on to some something a little bit lighter too. Um, do you um do you have any like hopes for your first term or things that you're looking forward to getting started? Oh yes. <laughs> um there's there there's quite a list. <laughs> um I think that there's 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 a lot to be excited about. There's a lot of work that I am excited to start and excited to explore um, with other, with my fellow counselors, with other members of the administration and the mayor. Um, you know, just to start with one, with one specific example, you know, I'm really excited for us to um, take up and consider the housing production plan that was, um, you know, put on the table for the council last year. Um, I think that coalesces with, you know, work that I'd really like to explore with other members of the administration, with the Office of Planning, Development, and Sustainability about, you know, ways that the city can position itself to recruit and invite and collaborate with um, uh, housing developers for our city, uh, including affordable housing developers and green affordable housing developers. Like I said, kind of at the top of our conversation, um, you know, dealing with the issue of housing scarcity and cost of housing is, as you know, throughout the campaign and the start of the season, been right at the top of my mind. Mm. Um, and I think that something that's cities similar to Medford have, you know, modeled really good results with is bridging good relationships with, um, you know, strong, professional, uh, affordable housing developers to create more housing, uh, high quality housing in their neighborhoods that is suitable for people of all income levels. I think that's something we're lacking in Medford. You know, there's a couple reports out on the city website that speak exactly to this, including the housing production plan about the gap in the housing that we have affordable and the type of housing that is appropriate for the people who live here. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one thing that I'm really excited to dig into and to collaborate with, um, you know, other city staff about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, there's a lot else along the lines of, you know, just city services that work better for residents and again, progressing along those climate goals mm. for our city. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, one thing um, that actually I want to shout out Councillor Seng, because this is, um, you know, an idea that he and I were talking about recently is, you know, 
there's been some talk of an overhaul of the city website. I think this has been talked about for a little bit now, um, you know, and doing that in such a way that makes it uh, more useful in really targeted ways, more useful for renters, more useful for new residents. Um, you know, I have dreams of, you know, a modernized updated city website that has, you know, easily accessible links like, okay, what's my ward? Uh, there's mm. only one map on Reddit that I can find that tells me what ward I live in, you know, trash mm. recycling calendar, bill pay, uh, actually regularly maintained construction update section, and, um, you know, a version that is actually translated into every major language spoken in mm. different households. Um, that is something that I would, I'm really excited to begin a conversation with the city administration around for, mm. you know, what's figuring out what's the scope here? What can we do? You know, how can we get funding for a project like this? Um, you know, all towards the eye of, you know, let's, let's create some, some better communication with our residents that will really be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I would um, hardly ever go on the city website if I didn't have to pay my water bill and it's not an easy process anytime, but like if there are you know, rent, like folks that live in the city that don't have to go on the website for that, like what else is attracting them there? And that language piece has come up a lot, right? Like how, how is that, it feels like a pretty like basic way to include more people or right? to make all like, what is there a big meeting happening? How do people that maybe like English is their primary language, how do they access that, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. a, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm happy to hear that. I think that, you know, it's, it's a big project, you know, I think something I try to stay conscious of is, you know, most, most of the great ideas that we have are big projects. These are not things that we can like snap our fingers and, and do overnight. But, you know, the first step is figuring out, you know, who should be in on the conversation? What's the scope? How do we pay for it? Great. Where do we start? What's the best first step? What's the next best step after that? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, like, like so many things, um, this, uh, you know, this goal of modernizing, improving the city website totally falls into that category for me. Hmm. And then kind of similarly along those lines, another thing that's, you know, um, you know, not necessarily uh, not on the same priority level as a lot of other things, but very on my mind as we start the term is, um, you know, we have the stated goal of carbon net neutrality for the city by 2050. Hmm. And I really want to see, um, you know, specific metrics that we develop that we can point to that we can track for how we're progressing towards that goal really break it into discrete you know discrete trackable sections um, to say you know what initiatives are we doing to try to get there and how's it going you know mm -hmm. so that we can be armed with the data and so you know when we're doing great on say uh, expanding adoption of the mass saves program so we know what to celebrate who to congratulate, you know, and for other things that we're making slower progress on to say, okay, this needs more attention, this needs more investment, let's figure out how to do that. Because mm. um, I think we need to take a really specific granular lens to hold ourselves accountable to that carbon net zero goal. That's another thing I'm just particularly jazzed about these days. <laughs> yeah. How do you like to receive input from residents or like, how are you kind of integrating community input into sort of your, um, your like lens as a city councilor? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Um, I like to receive input uh, in general. I like to receive it. I want people to reach out to me. Um, existing ways to do that are um, my email address, uh, which is on the city website and um, 
I'm also happy to provide that at the end. Um, or people can also just email kitformedford at gmail.com, just all spelled out. Um, you know, I, I want to hear what people are thinking about. I want to know what problems people are having. I want to know what ideas they have. You know, counselors are your representatives. We are here to represent you. Uh, it's not in a position. It's our job. Hmm. Um, but beyond that, you know, something that I was thinking a lot about during the campaign and have been trying to be intentional about maintaining focus on as I've become uh, transitioned from candidate to elected is, um, you know, we did so much outreach during the campaign. Um, you know, like I said, tons of canvassing. So, so, so much canvassing, you know, knocking on people's scores, going to them. Mm. Um, I think it is normative for the going to the constituents to drop off, uh, you know, after the campaign season. Mm. Um, it would be, I think, unrealistic for me to keep up that pace as an elected <laughs> because there's, you know, a lot else to do now that I actually have this platform. But, you know, in addition to starting um, office hours on Zoom, which is something that I have, uh, you know, in, in planning mode right now, I'm trying to schedule my first one and then I'll kind of iterate a regular schedule from that and hoping to do some, you know, in-person office hours once the weather gets nicer mm. as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to start a habit of, you know, monthly neighborhood canvases just to make people, make just to make sure that people know who I am and how to contact mm. me. Because I think kind of to your point about, you know, how, how much or how little you use the city website, people who aren't already, you know, familiar with their local representatives who aren't already kind of in the fold of, you know, the city and politics of the city and involved with their local government, which is a ton of people. Mm. And on very understandably, uh, it's, it takes time. It's hard. Sometimes it's, you know, it feels like real work to, you know, be involved with your local city. Uh, people who aren't already in the know, essentially, like don't, don't know that they can be, or they don't know who to talk to. And I don't think it's really um, fair to say, well, you know, people would get in touch with me if they wanted to be in touch mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. You know, before, you know, before I got involved in, in local issues, you know, I, I wasn't involved, you know? And so I think if we want to, I, I, I hope to, um, you know, push myself to do a better job of bringing in the perspective and input of people who aren't already regular showing up, regularly mm -hmm. showing up to council meetings, people who aren't already plugged in. Um, and, you know, so that continuing, you know, a, a slightly scaled down version of that direct community outreach is something that I'm, that I'm hoping to continue. Yeah. yeah, I think people think about reaching out to city councillors in like a more of a reactive way when something's already happened. I know that's like the uh, Councillor Morell and Councillor Bears were like really helpful to me with a sanitation issue we had on our sheet. But like, I feel like they're, what you're speaking to is like a, um, a way of being proactive, right? Like, what are the things that are on people's minds? Like, how do we kind of get ahead of like what, you know, what the needs are of the community rather than having to respond after something, something happens, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think trying to invite the proactive conversations is is a great way of putting it nice yeah there was a group of women I had on a couple of weeks ago they were talking about uh they were all Jewish residents but they were talking about this um program that, that Medford used to have I think it was called like Medford conversations where like mm -hmm. it was sort of like a hot topics kind of thing and people would like uh you know just have conversations and things would come out of those conversations that would 
um, sort of help them frame like change they want to see in the city, which sounded really cool. Um, yeah. yeah, that's nice. awesome. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to mention uh, before we wrap up today? Um, yeah, I, I just kind of related to what we were talking about earlier regarding the campaign season, something that I'm trying to take every opportunity to just seed in people's minds is, um, you know, if you, <laughs> I know it's just the beginning of the term, but if you, anybody listening is intrigued by the idea of running for local office or knows anybody who is, um, you know, no matter, you know, what age they are, uh, you know, if it's just a pipe dream or just something you're curious about, um, please reach out to me. I'd love to have a conversation with you. I think that, you know, the process of even seeing yourself as somebody who could run for any office um, is something that doesn't, <laughs> is, is not made to feel real to, to, for most people. And I want to do what I can to dispel that. So even if you're just kind of knocking it around in your mind, uh, please reach out to me to have a conversation. I would love to uh, do what I can to demystify it and encourage you to think about it. Awesome. Thank you for that. And um, I can put your email in the show notes so people can uh, more easily get to that too. All right. Well, I really appreciate you making the time to talk to me today. Um, and hopefully we can connect again in the future. Yeah, I hope so. And thank you so much. I, I've been enjoying the podcast so much as a listener. So it's really a treat to get to be on. Thank you so much for your work. Thank you. Thank you so much to Kit Collins. Since the recording of this interview, Kit has posted times for Zoom office hours. More information is in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. And as always, if you have feedback about this episode or ideas for future episodes, you can email medfordpod at gmail.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, what's the name of the podcast? Never bites. Never bites. <laughs> Good job.